0: welcome to the fantasy throwdown podcast bringing you the latest in sports news fantasy analysis and opinions don't forget the hot takes can't have a sports show without hot takes these days what about hot cakes though mm, i want some hot cakes now here's your host ready to jump into the thick of things dwayne calendar hello and welcome to the show everyone uh, continuing on with the breakdown of the March Madness brackets, we have the West Region. So, the overall number one seed being Gonzaga or Gonzaga, the proper pronunciation, but I like saying Gonzaga, so we're going to stick with that. Uh, Gonzaga, honestly, you know, by all the metrics, uh, is one of the best teams in the entire country. You know, I I get it. The 30-3 record All the metrics involved for Gonzaga puts them in the top 10 in every category. You know, on paper, they look like a perfect squad to being able to contend with uh, the big boys. And we keep saying this about Mark Few's team that, you know, one of these days, Gonzaga is going to be in a national title game. The problem is is that Gonzaga is a victim of its own success, that they built up the West Coast Conference, but by just being the beast in the West Coast Conference, they never play enough tough games in their schedule, and it always seems to bite them in the rear end when it comes to March Madness, because, again, by the offensive metrics, they're the best team in the country. Defensively, they're top 20... Like tempo wise, uh, they're in the top uh, top twenty uh, percent. They don't really have that many negatives, but I always say this about March Madness is that it tests you on how many games you can win when your a game's not there, and you know more often than not, Gonzaga struggles in the matchups where. They don't have their A game, and they have to win with a B game. They don't really seem to have too many answers when they uh, come up against certain teams of that nature. The biggest test for Gonzaga comes early, because I do think that they'll probably end up matching it up against Syracuse with short rest uh, in the second round. uh, Because I think Syracuse is going to get past Baylor, because Baylor... True to form, being long and athletic, can't shoot well from the outside, and basically they they just don't match up well against a team like Syracuse running that 2-3 zone. Uh, you know, I, at the end of the day, Syracuse should be able to make life difficult for Baylor and move on, and that sets up a very interesting second round matchup with Gonzaga because I think a two three zone against the Gonzaga can actually give them a little bit of uh, difficulty in trying to break down uh, Syracuse's zone because they won't see that all too often. I think they get past Syracuse anyway, but you know, on, uh, on the merits of it, I do think the two three zone uh, can give Gonzaga fits because they haven't seen that type of uh, style of play in their own conference. And, you know my, my whole thing with Gonzaga is because they don't get challenged enough things like uh, uh, what happens in the NCAA tournament catches them off guard too often outside of that on paper Gonzaga matches up beautifully in this bracket it's the problem of i just think that they're going to run into a situation that they they can't uh, they can they weren't able to properly prepare themselves for uh uh, earlier on in the season or in the middle part of the season. So we uh we talked about a uh, Gonzaga, uh talked about the Syracuse Baylor matchup. The next matchup is the 5-12 matchup, which is the most entertaining 5-12 matchup. We're going to see this tournament. I'll be shocked if this is not a good matchup uh between Marquette and Murray State. Uh basically you got two NBA lottery picks Uh, Marquette's got Marcus Howard, Uh, Murray State has John Morant who is most likely going to be the overall number three pick in the NBA draft this year. They're both absolutely scoring machines, uh, shooting the ball and Morant is a human highlight reel in terms of dunks. Uh, The best comparable I have for Morant is going back to uh, Vince Carter's days at UNC. Uh, Just being an absolute highlight reel uh, and being uh, able to knock down jumpers at a high clip and being a better three-point shooter than Vince was at at this point in his uh, young career. But, you know, I just look at this as a matchup where uh, Marquette's the better team. Morant's the better player than Marcus Howard, but Marcus Howard is not the slouch either. He was the Big East Player of the Year for a reason, uh, because he uh, shot over forty percent from three point range and was just uh, a, a sniper for the most part. It, you know, if he gets an open look, he's he's gonna be able to put it up and and knock it down. So I am very much looking forward to seeing these two play against each other. I just think that Marquette's uh, going to get the W here. I'm just, you know, I get why the NCAA scheduled this t- uh, matchup because Marquette isn't a 5 seed. Marquette should have been a 6 seed or a 7 seed, but Murray State was a 12 seed, and they wanted to have a showcase matchup early between uh, uh, Morant and ha- Howard. So, you know, they fixed this matchup uh I, I think it gives Murray State their best chance of, uh, because some of these other teams in the region, I just don't think Murray State matches up well against against Marquette. They got a, they got a, a puncher's chance of uh, pulling off an upset here just because uh, Marquette's is going to take a bunch of jumpers as well. So it's who's going to be able to knock down shots in this matchup. And uh, I, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, Marquette's got a little bit of better supporting cast around Marcus Howard, whereas uh, John Morant is the show for uh, Murray State. So, between the Hauser brothers uh, on Marquette, uh, you know, Howard should have enough uh, scoring support uh, around him to make it past uh, Murray State. But uh, it should be an entertaining contest regardless. So, moving on, uh, you got Florida State and Vermont. Florida State is one of those interesting teams because they don't necessarily have anything that completely jumps out at you. And I would say that, you know, Florida State is not a great perimeter shooting team. But what they do very well, uh, and, uh, you know, they're efficient with offense, knowing that they can't shoot outside very well. So they will... They will, uh, they will shoot a high percentage on two-point baskets and get inside the post and dominate you. And, you know, from a defensive standpoint, they hold opponents to under 38% from the field. So, you know, Florida State's one of the best defensive teams in the country. It's just a matter of, you know, what can they do... Uh, to uh, avoid an upset here, I I just think that you know for Vermont to have any shot, they're gonna be they're gonna have to be able to shoot from over forty percent from three point range and knock down a ton of three pointers. Uh, you know they haven't shown uh necessarily the capability of doing that against um uh against uh, higher quality competition in, in the America East, but you know it's it it, it is one of those situations and you know Vermont it does feel a little bit of this thing because they thought they were the best team in the America East last year when they got knocked off by UMBC in the conference final and obviously UMBC had uh, their uh, historic uh, tournament run uh, knocking off the number one seed Virginia at the time as a 16 seed first time that's ever happened but you know I just don't really see an upset here. I think the fact that Florida State, you know, does their job on the glass, takes care of the boards, doesn't turn the ball over, I think they'll be able to take care of business and get it done. So moving on, we've got Buffalo against the winner of the playing game between Arizona State and St. John's. Honestly, I don't think it makes a difference who wins the playing game. Uh, although, I will say that Arizona State has the advantage over St. John's because they're a slightly better defensive team. St. John's really doesn't play very well on uh, defense. They get beat off of dribble penetration pretty easily. But the matchup against uh, either squad against Buffalo is not a good one. Uh, Buffalo went 31-3, and had a great NCAA tournament last year, I still think they got a little bit of a shaft from the seeding this year. I thought Buffalo had an outside chance at a four seed, definitely would have been at least a five seed. You know, the six seed here basically reeks of the fact that they wanted to get the Marquette-Murray uh, State matchup to happen, so they they, uh, they shafted the Buffaloes uh, with their seeding here when they were the more, far more deserving team of the five seed. Be that as it may, um, you know, because again, the West region is considered the uh, the weakest region overall, so you're saying basically that Buffalo is the weakest sixth seed, and, you know, that's just not the case. Uh, I think uh, uh, Buffalo is a better team than Maryland, uh, Ohio State, and, you know... Villanova is the one exception to that Villanova also got screwed from a seeding standpoint, but we'll get into that when we talk about the, the South region. But um, from a matchup standpoint, uh, Buffalo is fast paced. They are one of the fastest teams in terms of tempo. They're top 10 in tempo across all of college uh, basketball. So out of the 353 teams, Buffalo's in the top 10. I mean, they, they just go absolutely bonkers. So, from an offensive efficiency standpoint, uh, you would think they would suffer, but they're top 20 in offense and still top 30 in defense. they got size. They've got length. They rebound the ball. They are, I think, one of those dark horse uh, candidates that can make noise in the tournament, and it wouldn't shock me in the least. The only reason why I... I You know, I'll probably have a bracket where Buffalo makes a run to the Elite Eight. But the reason why I don't think it goes into a very deep run for Buffalo is because they got to play Texas Tech in the round of 32. And in terms of teams, Texas Tech is one of my sleeper picks to actually make a Final Four that people really aren't talking a whole lot about. Uh, So, in terms of teams, Texas Tech. Uh, the Red Raiders are going to be playing Northern Kentucky in the first round. Uh, you know, as I said, I have uh, Texas Tech going pretty deep into the tournament. Uh, they are fourth in the nation in terms of uh, points allowed uh, per game. Uh, they allow less than 60 points per game on the defensive side. They're top 10 in defense in terms of offense uh they're in the top 40 they play at a slower pace but not as slow as some of the other top defensive teams in the country so uh it's one of those cases where i see texas tech being ranked as the weakest number three seed but i think they're better than houston they're better than lsu you know I think they're better than Purdue. I, I, I think Texas tech is the best overall number three seed and they're in the worst, uh, region statistically based off of how the rankings are supposed to apply. I, I just think that this br- bracket opens up, uh, nicely for, uh, Texas tech because, you know, we'll get to Michigan in a bit, but I think that, uh, Michigan has their hand, uh, has a bit of trouble on their hands because the next matchup we're going to talk about is Nevada versus Florida. Florida got into the tournament, I think, you know, largely on the basis of the NCAA selection committee felt bad for Florida because of how they got knocked out of the SEC tournament on a missed call that was horribly missed against uh, the game against Auburn. Uh, On the face of it, Florida... I'm not going to say they don't belong in the tournament, but they have enough issues that, you know, they had to sweat it out on Selection Sunday to barely get in a tournament. Uh, you know, 19-15 overall, 9-9 conference record, 2-9 against the AP Top 25 teams. Florida is just terrible from a tempo standpoint. I I, I mean, they're, they're bottom 10 in tempo overall yes florida plays good defense but they're not great from an offensive standpoint and they're going up against the nevada team that's in the top 30 for offensive defense and in the top third in terms of tempo uh you know for nevada to get knocked off here florida's got to be able to shoot uh at a high percentage nevada's gonna have to be get in foul trouble uh Nevada plays a very short bench. They only play eight players in terms of offensive rotations and defensive rotations. So maybe Florida can get them in foul trouble. But because Florida plays at such a slow pace, you know, usually with a team that runs a short bench, you try to uh, get them to overexert themselves, wear themselves out. But that's not Florida's game. So, what uh, I think you weaken nevada with Florida can't really do so Florida's gonna have to hang their hat on being able to play good enough defense and hopefully knock down enough shots I just don't think that's enough to get it done uh, against the nevada team that's uh pretty good in terms of uh of uh protecting the basketball they don't turn the ball over all that much and they're very good from an offensive efficiency standpoint so It's just not a great matchup for Florida, in my opinion. Moving on, let's talk about Michigan. Michigan is one of the top teams for a good reason uh, from a betting standpoint and just the overall analysis that teams have uh, on these uh, squads. Michigan checks a lot of boxes and, you know, efficient uh, in terms of You know, uh, field goal percentage shooting and points allowed per game. Not a lot of holes in Michigan's game at all. The bugaboo that I come back to, and not to sound like a broken record or how Charles Barkley usually sounds on Selection Sunday, Michigan plays at a slow pace. They're, They're bottom third in tempo. And my feeling is that once you get into somebody's matchups in the NCAA tournament, you're going to play teams that speed you up, and Michigan doesn't necessarily adjust all that well to those teams. So, you know, Nevada, again, true to form, they are one of the faster teams, despite the fact that they play a short rotation. I know Michigan can shoot with Nevada. I'm more concerned with if Nevada gets the game at their pace, can they? Uh, can Michigan, on a short turnaround... Uh, get past Nevada, and, you know, in some of my brackets, I'm having Nevada pull off the upset. Uh, the the other issue uh, for Michigan is that Sweet 16, potential Sweet 16 matchup against the Buffalo or Texas Tech squad. You know, I think Texas Tech uh, would get past a Buffalo team, but either way, it's not a great matchup Against uh, Buffalo or Texas Tech because of the fact that Buffalo's pace would get to Michigan. Texas Tech, even though they play at a slower pace defensively, that would be a rock fight between Michigan and Texas Tech. You know, I would have more, cons- I have more concern about Michigan getting to the Final Four than any other number two seed not named Tennessee. We'll get into my issue with Tennessee in a bit. But, you know, I just don't have a great feeling with uh, Michigan as a whole. I think they just have a really tough draw in that bottom half of the West region. I think they just have the toughest draw out of any of the number two seats, to be honest. Uh, And, you know, by and large, that's where my concern is with this West region. Who... I think Gonzaga gets all the way through to the Elite Eight uh, uh, and most likely does make it to the Final Four. But I could see them getting knocked out. But uh, I I think it ends up being a case where Gonzaga makes it to the Elite Eight and whoever emerges out of that bottom half of the West Region uh, can uh, knock off the Zags. But, you know this is one of the more interesting brackets that people should keep an eye out for because as I said, that bottom half of the West bracket, that could tell us a lot about how the rest of this tournament plays out because of some of those teams involved. I I think the bottom half of that bracket can give Gonzaga a ton of fits depending on who it ends up being. Uh, A number of these matchups I just don't think uh, Gonzaga has had a lot of opportunities to prep for uh, some of the styles that they're going to see out of the bottom half of the west bracket so that's the biggest challenge for uh, Gonzaga in my opinion so uh, that will do it for my uh, review of the west region Uh, we're going to get to the midwest and south as well so Stay tuned for those upcoming reviews, and uh, that's all, folks. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.